So I've, I've gotten into this habit now, so I'm going to continue. This is the prayer that I got this morning from Scott McKnight. If you would pray with me. Oh God, you declare your almighty power chiefly in showing mercy and pity. Grant us the fullness of your grace that we, running to obtain your promises, may become partakers of your heavenly treasure. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I, I neglected to say last week, Kent is out for two weeks. He'll be back next week. And uh, I think last Sunday he was preaching somewhere in Michigan, and I'm not sure about today. Uh, but he will return. Last week, we were talking about the temple and Solomon's porch and, and uh, there in Acts 3. And I tried drawing something on the board that's still there and still as bad as it was. So I thought I would do the other thing, and that is try to find something. This slide, or this map, and the next one are stolen. I, I used my phone and took a picture of a someone's slide in a presentation that I was listening to online. So this is, you know, triple processed or something from Jody Magnus is an archaeology professor at UNC. So I'm hoping everyone can sort of see this is a topographical map. Mount Moriah is the Temple Mount, and then, and we'll see some more of this in the next couple of spots. And then just south, so this is situated normal, north at the top, east, south. So this south area is the, the original city of David, Jerusalem, so sort of on this ridge coming south, and goes down in a valley in the middle of Jerusalem, and then there's another hill over here. Um, the scale, which didn't show up very well, this is 250 meters, so if you think 1,500 meters is about a mile, so, it, I don't know, 500,000. So this is almost a mile across, maybe eight-tenths of a mile or something across this way, and what, mile and a half. So very walkable, small area. So this is the same area of the temples here on the east, and this is the, what they think is the earliest Jerusalem walls. So over here is Herod's <coughs> palace that he built and the towers that were uh, protecting it. 
over here, and then the the Roman fortress Antonia is there on the northwest corner. But even better is is to look at these models. When I went to Israel, we got stuck in traffic and didn't get to the Israel Museum. So I haven't seen it. I'm sure Steve has seen the model. Um, so this, this is a picture of the model. The model covers yeah, about a half an acre. Um, and it's a, I've got it written down further. It's a one to 50 scale. Um, so this is as if, you know, here's a railing you can stand outside uh, uh, and look in. But um, this is sort of from the vantage of the east, so from the Mount of Olives looking at the city. And <laughs> I found two explanations. One said Solomon's porch or Solomon's portico was here on this side. And the other one said no, it was the it was the portico over here, which was part of the business area that uh, Herod had had built. So Herod expanded, built this up, filled it in, filled in part of it with arches and built on that southern end. But um, so some, somewhere in that area, the, you can just barely see the little wall here was as far as the Gentiles could get, as close as they could get to the, to the temple. I'll put about 100 to 500,000 up there. Yeah. I, I, Everybody debates that. Well, just, just in, in April, for Ramadan this year, in, in April, the uh, Palestinian authorities said they had 280,000 on the Temple Mount for prayers for Ramadan. The Israeli government said they had 130. So, a lot of folks in hell. Now, I have a question. Is that tall, look, looks like a building inside of a building, in the center, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. Is that the temple? That's the temple. That's the temple. All of it. This this is the temple. Okay. These are the temple courts. Okay. The right. court of women and the court of Israel, and then I, I assume this here separates where the priests could go inside. One of these little buildings is the treasury. I don't remember if it's here or here, but yeah, this okay. is this is the temple that that Herod renovated and reconstructed and built uh, in the first century BC. Now, there's always debate, but inside the Holy of Holies would have been the rock. 
Yeah. Theoretically. Yeah. Uh, and, and so the rock probably, looking at this room right here, it's probably about twice the size of this room. So put that yeah. in the scale, and the rock sticks out of the ground about like that, that high. There's a fence around it. Yeah, there's some, there's a good National Geographic video on YouTube or somewhere. You know. Yeah, Jan? Well, I'm just wondering if there are any documents that show this before Herod renovated it. I know it was destroyed, but I just wondered if that was in I don't know. Okay. This is about a, this model is about a 50 to 1, did yeah. you say? Yeah, it is, 50 to 1. It, it, uh, that's at a museum? It's, it's now at the Israel Museum. It's, I, I read a little bit. It's an interesting story. Uh, it was built in the 80s or 90s when Israel had no access to a lot of this area. Uh, and some wealthy businessman funded the building of the model. It was at the Holy Land Hotel. And I, I don't know exactly where the Holy Land Hotel was. But in 2006, it was um, donated to the Israel Museum. It said it was cut up into a hundred pieces and moved. It cost three and a half million dollars to move it. So it's now on the grounds of the Israel Museum. Okay, this is, a, again, the model. So this is the city of David. Right there, that's it. Here, to the south. And you can sort of see the scale against the south wall of the Temple Mount. Uh, so city of David... Not not very big, and this is a a map of the model. So it's about a half an acre. So here's now west is at the top. Uh, here's the temple, the temple mount that Herod constructed. Here's the city of David down here. This little finger, and a lower city. And remember from the topographical map, it goes back up, so an upper city. And it's a, it's a, the old city is a ravine, a valley that goes across there. And see where the old city is, there's another valley, that's called the Cheesemaker. That, that was, yeah. That's been filled in. That's called the Cheesemaker's Valley. And so you can see why uh, Jerusalem was established. It was hard hardening, you had to climb up that valley or the other valley. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, that, that's the reason when uh, David conquered the city, when David he went in for uh, uh, the, uh, I can't remember who it was now, went in through, they, they, they would have uh, uh, the well down there and, and yeah. They built a tunnel and they would pull the water up. Well, this guy went up through the little tunnel up to the well and he got inside yeah. the city. Yeah, so this is yeah the Gihon Spring. 
yeah, which is here right. on the on the Kidron Valley. So Mount of Olives is over here. Uh, so in, anyhow, this is a little bit better than my attempt at hand drawing last week. Which probably should be. Did a good job, though. Almost as good. Okay, Leland, go back to say it to your I mean, the big thing to remember is go back to your the two more model of the temple. <clears throat> Passover, go go back one. Passover, all that area to your left would have been full of sheep. Hmm. Because it, they continuously were sacrificing sheep during this period. And so you think about, you know, so when Jesus comes in and cleans out the temple, you know, every, every, all our pictures of Jesus was this little milk toast guy with you know, long straight hair. You know, he was, a, he was a construction worker. He cleaned out that whole thing to the left. You know, this, this area here. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's when, you know, when he comes in and says, you turn my father's house to the house of business, you know, you can make this. Everyone had to bring you the honey or a sheep, and then you know, they would find fault in the sheep, and you'd have to trade it out at a, at a uh, an inflated price. But you, you just imagine a hundred thousand people. Each family had to bring a sheep. What that smelled like? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the blood, the blood, the sheep poop. The sheep urine, uh, a mess. Yeah. Okay. I was I allotted myself five minutes for that, so <laughs> didn't didn't work. <laughs> Everybody else has got outline. I think so. Acts 4, we're going to talk today about a uh, sermon speech, uh, Peter giving his defense. Remember, <clears throat> last week we talked a little bit about chapter 3 and had the, the man who was healed and then Peter started again explaining the miracle with, it says, this man hanging on to them, uh, whatever that means. I mean, I sort of envision him perhaps holding on to his robe, but, but well, maybe not. But anyhow, the, the powers that be got a bit upset with them pulling in quite a crowd and um, proclaiming the resurrection from the dead. So the way it reads, you know, not only preaching the resurrection of Jesus, but proclaiming the resurrection of the dead for, for those believers. So they pull Peter and probably Peter and John, into the Sanhedrin.
to, to defend themselves. And so we're starting in chapter 4, verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. I didn't count the number of verses, but I mean, I didn't count the number of words, but what? Four verses, five verses. This is a complete recount. I mean, it's, Peter is, is touching everything. Again, he's coming back to, uh, it's beginning to be sort of an old tune. I'm explaining why or how this person was healed. This person who's standing in front of you. I, I think it's interesting, I think, what, over very near the end of the chapter, verse 22, it explains this man was more than 40 years old. So it's as if to say, you know, this was not a little miracle of someone who had fallen and twisted their ankle and we healed their ankle. This man apparently had been crippled and was known and seen around for decades, years. So it, it, was a, it was a big deal. He was more than 40 years old. So going back to the way we've gone before, so Peter is speaking. <clears throat> That's the who. Um, he says he was filled with the Spirit. Uh, the uh, Sanhedrin seems to be a bit puzzled. I mean, they know these men are Galileans, uneducated, uh, common folks that seem to be speaking quite well and uh, performing healings. So it, 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 uh, they're, they're scratching their heads and trying to, trying to figure out. Um, there is a phrase in verse 13 
which I didn't do a lot of digging on, but is, is just a bit interesting to me. It says that the, the Sanhedrin folks saw the boldness of Peter and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. I guess I'm not sure if that means they knew cognitively, you know, these are the disciples who walked around with Jesus, who was with him during his ministry, and they they knew that was part of the background. Or if it means visually there was now something different. And they saw, they recognized a difference. Um, yeah. Uh, my thought was perhaps they knew that they had been with Jesus was because uh, of the miracle. Uh, that they knew Jesus had done miracles, and here they have now healed this man. Yeah. And that reminded them, they thought that that power was passed yeah. on to yeah. them. And I think not only the power of healing, but also uh, apparently a power in speaking, a, 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 uh, a boldness, and, and we'll get to sort of the second half of Peter's comments here in just a second. But um, it's just interesting. I, 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 if, <clears throat> I think I've not done a good job the last couple of weeks of, of squeezing in at the end an application for us from these sermons. But certainly at this point, I'm asking myself, you know, do people recognize that I have been with Jesus? Is, is, is there something? Uh, I, don't, I don't think they're talking about a glowing complexion that, that you know, people can, can see, you know, like, like Moses glowed after he had been on the mountain or something. I, I don't think that's what they're talking about. That's a good question for us. But again, in these five verses of Peter's defense uh, speech, he, he covers, you know, Jesus, it is the one that you crucified probably, you know, a few weeks before that. Um, still a, a good memory, but he's the one that God raised from the dead. He's now with God. Also remember these are the, this is the same Sanhedrin that bribed the Roman guards to say that his disciples came and stole the body. And that was, you know, like I said, or 50 days 
Pentecost were probably like 70 days before this. Yeah. 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 That, that they said, hey, just have this money and say that his disciples told yeah. about it. Yeah. They, know, they know the truth. Yeah. So they, they put Peter and John and whoever else was with them out of the room. They have a, a bit of a discussion. Verse what, 18, what shall we do with these men? Uh, for that a notable sign has been performed. This is this 40-year-old uh, healed man. You know, what are we going to do? So they decide to uh, give them a severe warning. And, and uh, this phrase, the name of Jesus, gets repeated uh, two or three times in this chapter. But, but they tell them not to speak uh, in the name of, of Jesus. Then uh, Peter responds to this warning, uh, a, a rather famous part of his, well-known part of his uh, defense. Verse 19, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. You know, we've seen now, this would be like the fourth time so far in Acts, a, a reference to being a, a witness. This, this verse I didn't look it up, but I don't think it, it doesn't use that word witness, but the same thing. We cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. Uh, Peter saying we are we were witnesses to Jesus' death, resurrection, ascension, and we must therefore witness to that, speak, speak to that. Uh, I love the fact that he looks up and says, now, shall this be you or you men of God, shall this be you or God? Yeah. <laughs> and just <laughs> walk, walks him into that corner and says, are you men of God, shall this be you or God? Yeah. You answer, answer me that, which is why they didn't answer. Yeah. That was a mic drop moment. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And kind we, of uh, put so many of his replies. Well, yeah, because they're, they're all Because you know these guys went, you know, on your model, Jesus' Gethsemane is just off the top of the city. Yeah. Your map right there. Yeah, just just up this way. Yeah. And so you know these guys went to the tomb uh, and said, oh, Jesus is not here. Uh, so they're, they're their own witness. Yeah. I mean, they know he's not there. Yeah. And I think uh, the other thing is, you look earlier, and 
tell the story that 5,000 men have believed. That's men. That's more than 10% of the population of the city. Of, of the, yeah, the, yeah, so the resident population. 50,000, all of a sudden, 10% yeah. now, I mean, you have 10,000, one-fifth one of the city is now leaders of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, because if you add the, the 3,000 from chapter 2 and rest 5,000, and, and then likely add some women and all younger stuff. folks to that. Yeah. I think it's pretty amazing that here you see all of these people who are believing and yet the religious leaders refuse to even consider that. You know, it was I, I guess I see them as getting backed into a corner and becoming more uh, recalcitrant or whatever the, the word might be. The, the leaders are not open to, to listening. To any of this, and they're they're becoming even more hard of hearing. Well, they were, you know, they were scared to death. Mm -hmm. I've got this guy that's been sitting at the entrance to the temple for years, and everybody knew who he was. And he gets healed. You see him walking around, and and and, and the leaders are going to say, "Well, we think this." A bunch of hooey. The people would have rioted in the street if they had, had taken the. Uh, it it was a lot. A lot of times we we have a vision of Jesus's crucifixion as well. These people there were that. No, they went in the middle of the night from Mount Olives and grabbed Jesus. This is while the city is asleep and take him. And, and do their thing to Jesus. Nobody's around, and and, and we have a, we, a lot of people think that San Antonio Fortress up there was where they tried Jesus. Now it's over there, Herod's Palace. Yeah, which is, is where it was. Is, is so they up, took him up in, in here, some, and then they they yeah. took Jesus in the in the middle of the night up that hill to to uh, uh, to to the high priest house, then they took Jesus. To the uh, the misconception was Jesus was marched through the city. He was not. This was the middle of the night, okay. early in the morning, before the people could started stirring. If the people had heard of this going on, they would have rioted in Jesus' favor. Yeah. And you think about the Sanhedrin meets in the temple, temple grounds. Mm -hmm. So you have they said all the people are celebrating. And say what a sign of God this is, just outside the window of the room they're meeting in. Yeah. And so they can hear thousands of people going, you know, what we don't know his name, we'll give him a good Jewish name, yeah. Judah. Yeah. You know, Judah's been for 40 years. Yeah. And he's he walked into the Sanhedrin. And they're going like, you know, all, all the people are just celebrating. I'm like, what are you gonna do? And Paul just and Peter just backs you into a corner. Yeah. Verbally, and I think it's interesting 
it doesn't appear that anybody is accusing Peter and John of being the magicians that did the healing. This is, you know, they say it's in the name of Jesus. The Sanhedrin is forbidding them to speak in the name of Jesus. So, uh, in a way, I guess they are beginning to acknowledge what's going on. Yeah, Herod's palace that he built that had become by this time the governor's mansion is what is 18, I think. So here's the the towers are down here, and yeah, and from from here is uphill going up that way. And and the uh, I find I find it intriguing. You know, I stared at that model for a long, a couple of times. I've seen it a couple of times. I stared at the model. Where was Jesus crucified? I said it was outside the city walls. Yeah. Well, a few, uh, just uh, two or three years after Jesus was uh, crucified, they expanded the city wall. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, that's uh, you. You have to realize. Well, the uh, see that little corner where it comes down. The, the yeah, the red and the yellow. The yellow is go, original. Go, go up that corner right there. Yeah. Now that is where the. Uh, Church of the Holy Sepulchre is in this area, right yeah. there. So that was outside the city walls, and, and that red line was expanded a few years later, and it became yeah. in the city, and then there was expanded again. Again, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, this line up here, I think, is maybe in the two hundreds. It's it's much farther out, and the. I can't read any of this up here because it's, I didn't get my camera focused well enough to steal it. Um, <laughs> the other, um, and and this one, she was laughing, is in Hebrew. It, it, you have to sort of know where you are to know that this says temple. <laughs> I think lower city and upper city or something. But, um, let's, let's look at the end of the fourth chapter just for a few minutes before we complete here. Um, Peter and John go back uh, to meet the church. Uh, that, that word isn't used, but, uh, but it is now. Uh, and, let's see, verse 20, well, 23, when they were released, they went to their, the ESV says their friends. I, I think that's the translation for Adelphus, for their brothers. And reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted up their voices together to God and said, so this is a prayer of the church. Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples 
plot in vain. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So, we do have a, a bit of a precedent here. So the church is praying they're quoting Old Testament scripture in the prayer, so Psalm 2. They're explaining Old Testament scripture in the prayer, um, like verses 27-28 are explaining what Psalm 2 was, was all about. Uh, and then they're, they're asking for God's blessing to Peter and Paul and the other uh, disciples. Leno, these are probably early church songs. And, and, and these are repeated in their in, the, in, in their, their worship. I would suggest our resident songwriter guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write something called Why Did the Gentiles Rage? <laughs> in high school in the 60s there was a Church of Christ group I think maybe a fringe group maybe that's a polite way that because uh, my parents got gospel advocate or something that had an advertisement in there that that was the headline of the advertisement why did the Gentiles rage? That was in, you know, camp letters at the top of their, and I don't know what they were advertising, books or art. <laughs> in those days, it could have been tapes or something like that. But, um, but, but it, it's interesting, uh, this prayer of the church as written by Luke into Acts, um, you know, verse 27-28, it explains that they, uh, the kings and the rulers uh, included Herod and Pontius Pilate, that, that that was what David was talking about in Psalms 2. Look upon their threats and grant to your servant to continue to speak your word 
with all boldness. Which they did. Oh, before I forget, and only Jeff has walked out, next Sunday we're going to look at Acts 7 and the um, speech of Stephen. And Kent and I were talking about this. And I think I will give you an assignment. This week, read chapter 7. Uh, it's, it's the longest sermon in the book of Acts, and uh, we'll look at parts of it, but instead of taking, I think, 12 minutes or something out of the class to read through it continuously, I'll give you homework to read it this week, and then we will uh, And you'll record that? It. You'll record the class next week? Because I won't be. Not that it's all about me. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm recording. I, I haven't listened to any. I, I assume Kent said he had listened, I think, to one of them or something on that is up on the website. Um, but yes, the answer is it will be. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.